Hi, I'm Britt. And my name is Alyssa. And this is Skeletales. And this is the podcast where we try to answer the age-old question of, is my dead grandma watching me? Alyssa, do you know that feeling when you've got butterflies in your <gasps> stomach? Yes. And a chill up your spine? Mm-hmm. And you think that maybe, perhaps just maybe it's your grandma? Uh, it's not. Oh. <laughs> you, you just have to poo. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, oh. You know what? That is true. That I they're very they're very similar feelings. So I received a package yesterday, Alyssa. Oh, yeah, from you. What did I get you? What did I get you? Oh, that's right. Oh, it's a Skeletales T-shirt. I didn't even know these existed. I, that looks very low on your chest. The little Skeletales oh. logo. Do All right, you think? I'll hold it up. Doesn't that look mm. low? It is like here's my boobies. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a, a little stomach. lower. It's like a stomach. <laughs> I love it though. I'm gonna wear the shit out of this. Will you? Even if yeah. it's on your belly? Hell yeah! I don't care. Okay, well, cool. Right. Yay! Surprise! You know what I'm everybody. wearing tomorrow. Okay, I want to yeah. see a picture. I want to see you in it. All um, right, all right. But I'm gonna raise a, that up you, a little bit. Zoom on my boobs. We need that more in the boob region. That's skeletal. <laughs> it's supposed to drive, draw the eye to yeah, the breasts. Yeah, everyone ever needs to be looking it at these the idea. double A's. The no, they're not Shebangas. I don't know. I was trying to make up a word for it. <gasps> oh, my God, Britt. Shebangas. <laughs> Talking about breasts what? made me think of Jermaine Clement. Movie. He, he is going I to be. I take that segue. He's going to be naked in a movie soon. <gasps> soon. It is happening. I saw it on Twitter. Like, will see peen? I believe. I believe oh, so. you know he's a hairy motherfucker. He's got all. The you want to be able to see it? Hi, hi, hi. Um, so that had nothing to do with anything. I just thought of breasts, sex organs, Jimmy and, and Clement. <laughs> yes, there I'm it into is. it. Please share what this I movie will. is once you I, find out because I'm there. I'm I there. think that the tweet I saw. Was that someone's like, well, what if I don't want to see you naked? Because he had tweeted it. And he said, sorry, mate, it's compulsory. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, God, I love him so much. (laughs) There's just, I love him so much, too. Okay. Brett. Before we, oh, first of all, hey, we're Skeletales. Oh, yeah. What do we talk about? I have no idea. Boobs, penis, (laughs) poop. Poop. (laughs) Covers it. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Um we tell stories, folks. We tell supernatural, paranormal, spooky stories. We do. We do tell these sorts of stories. I'd love to hear a near-death experience. This is really high on my list. I'm I brought my own last week. I I have one that's on the top of my list now. I want an out-of-body experience. <gasps> oh. Yeah, my niece came to me with one, which I will tell in the near future, but I need some more of that. Was she almost dead at the time? No. Okay. She's that was straight like t- up living and thriving, having an out-of-body experience. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, sure. Please uh, bring yeah. it. Anyways. Love to hear that. So, Britt, how yes. are you, my friend? How are you doing? Oh, Lord. I don't know if you've heard... And I know we post this in the future. Texas 
fucking got a spritz of snow and shut down. Like what? We, really? No, Texas I knew. I totally up. knew. Everyone knew. Everyone knew. And we were one of the lucky ones. We had power. We had a drizzle of water for a few days. So, But we had water. I have so many friends who were like, and this is how you take snow and melt it in your bathtub and then filter it out and drink it or to put it in your toilet so you don't have poo in your toilet for... Oh, here I am talking about poo again. Oh, we just can't. It was we just rough, can't though. I have the- friends... Pipes bursting everywhere, flooded houses and apartments, and it's a it was a bit of a shit show. Dude, it looked gnarly. It looked super yeah. gnarly. You guys were not prepared for this deep freeze. That's no. the deal. Like, give us a hundred and ten degree weather, we will power through. Give us ten degree weather, no, hell no. People don't have winter coats here. 10 degree weather, but it's not just 10 degree weather. You had a boil order. You had to boil all oh. the water. Like what you just said. If you had we to had water, if water. you had water, you boiled it. It was a little, it was a little chaotic. We were so lucky though. The worst we had it was without internet, which is part of the reason we didn't record last week. But well, and no, that wasn't even it. I was on vacation. You don't have to make it sound any. I, I, I took the week off. I was living large. <laughs> I had a great week. It was very relaxing. You Lots were in land. You were in land that is in the negatives. You were in the land that was in the negatives all the time, and they know how to function perfectly well in cold weather. Well, and there. then I even sought out the more negative weather of Montana, the ski slopes. But like, it was like too hot in the apartment. Too hot. Too much water. Too much electricity. It was just, it was almost too much. Suffering. Just suffering was too much. Our toilets were too full. Um, No, you guys had it rough. Like we, I mean, like you guys got fucked up. Like I couldn't believe. Texas Texas was wrecked. Um, Speaking of spooky things, what are we talking about today? (laughs) Brett. I thought you had something else you wanted to share with us before we <gasps> oh, jump she, in. Brett. This is why it is so important that you keep me on task. I do have one more thing before we hop into some stories. I received a video from Julie with a little Jada update. Yay! Oh my god! Oh my god! Please, I mean, I'm going to play it here on okay. air. I'm very excited. Okay. I will probably have to back it up because here we go. All right. Okay, Britt. Holy shit. <laughs> I just, Elisa's just talking about Jada. Can I tell her about it? And um, she said, I miss Jada. I haven't seen her in a while. Or not, you know, something like that. But then, uh, I'm doing a video for Brit. But then, what did you just say? What happened to Jada's car? Okay, she doesn't want to tell you. She's a little embarrassed. But she said that Jada was missing the whole top of her car when it was Christmas time at her house. And her mom said, oh no, right? Is that right? You're a little embarrassed, uh-huh. And then I showed her the picture, right? I looked up that obituary again and I showed her the picture and who did you say that was? I said, I'm gonna show you this picture and who's this? It was Jada. It was Jada. And so if you ever need any more proof, what did you say about her car? Her car just broke. She fell down in the car and she broke a hole. She broke a hole? And when when did that happen? I don't know. Do you remember when? When you said it was? When it's at Christmas time at her house. Yeah. And so I looked it up and it was January 3rd. 
my god. <laughs> I have like goosebumps. happened on January 3rd. January 3rd. Christmas time and she died in a car accident. Yeah, she what did. The fuck. I have like goosebumps coursing through my body. <laughs> or I might just have to poop. I'm not sure. But pretty sure it's just I don't know, like disbelief like, and like so much, so much evidence. Dude. Insane. Insane. I love how mind blown Julie is too. She's like, Brian. she is. Be- well, because we were the ones that I was the one that told her about the car accident, yeah. you know, like because you found that research and I told her, I updated her on how it happened. I forgot completely what time of year it oh, even yeah, happened. Oh, yeah, I had no idea. What no time idea. So she went back and looked at the, and looked and it was yeah holy January shit 3rd. so she said that and then looked it up and then it was right around Christmas at Christmas time <gasps> what the fuck dude like that is like serious I mean that's that I'm 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 like I I have too many facial expressions going for the podcast my mouth is agape I my eyes are wide. I'm just stunned. I'm so stunned. I'm stunned too. So a little recap for people if this is your first episode listening. Yes. My friend Julie came to me with a fun tale that her daughter has an imaginary friend. But what was different about this friend is that she had named her Jada. Julie, being my friend, of course, went and searched, you know, Jada's in the area obituary and came up with an obituary for a little 12-year-old girl named Jada. And while she's researching, her little three-year-old Elise comes, peeks over her shoulder and goes, Oh, Jada! recognizes the photo and from then you will have to listen in episodes past we keep updating and getting confirmations from elise that yeah, i mean this is jada's here man mind-blowing to me for her just to be like to just throw that out there yes without any prompting i mean like that is yes. getting so there's now there was definitely a little girl who died Within what ten miles or so, fifteen miles less, yes, less, okay, of of their house, yes. She died in a car accident. She died in a car accident right around Christmas, and Elise has seen a picture and been like, "Oh, hey, what? You know, why are you looking at Jada? Like, yeah, that's Jada." She should be on that show, the Life After Death <laughs> show. I mean, don't I, I feel bad because Elise shouldn't be a, a like a little test monkey or anything. But I am like, I, I, can we get her on the podcast? Right. <laughs> that She's that on. would be highly entertaining. Um, she did draw a picture of Jada that I will pr- try to get a photo of. So oh maybe God. we could post that for I everybody. Just that. keep in mind, it's a three-year-old <laughs> drawing the picture. So my thought goes to Jada does have surviving relatives. Like, I mean, yes. has Julie thought of, I mean, that would be weird, right? I know. Julie, I like, thought about too. reaching out to like, them. And, and so Elise can always refers to Jada's mom as Jada's mom. And, and, and Julie's even asked, well, what's Jada's mom's name? And she's like, I don't know, Jada's mom. Which, yeah. of course, every 12-year-old doesn't call their mom Sally or whatever. I'm still what Odin's mom to most people. Like, yes. And, and Milo's mom. Uh, you know? But she knows Jada's dog's name. But she is a three-year-old, so I have no idea what she's saying. Yeah. But maybe maybe I'll post that audio up where it's like, what is Jada Stock's name? Does Jada have any brothers um, or sisters? 
That'd be an interesting one because she. Oh, that's I a think good that question. was something yeah. that was available. I, I, I'm convinced. I mean, that's pretty freaking crazy. The whole thing has been crazy. <gasps> I do like how more is forthcoming as time goes on, and probably like Jade or Elise knows how to speak better. But oh, I just hope that Jada sticks around to like. You know, for Wait, don't you have purposes. a don't you have a medium? <laughs> yeah, for for our entertainment, let's get Jada on the <laughs> podcast. You have a medium in your neighborhood, right? Didn't you say that? Or a psychic? I wonder if she could like. I don't. I don't know. If I don't. Do something. I? I mean, I think about Jada's family, and if I knew there was a little girl who is talking to my deceased loved one. I would love to be able to communicate. I know, that's you know? true. It's true. If my kid died and I found out that they were haunting some other house and hanging out with kids, I, of course I would want to be there. And there's a and, podcast and talking like, all about it. I know. They don't even know. No. I, I know. know. Crazy. Well, geez. Yeah. Elise, thanks again for updating us. That was mind-blowing that gave me goosebumps i'm sure it's going to give listeners out there goosebumps too and i don't know write in let us know what should what should we do (laughs) we don't (laughs) i don't know it's just just like i guess i think well julie's open to it all too so i think if we even did like wrangle up a medium who was like i want to like reach out (gasps) she would totally be down for that g what about uh, uh, Maverick, our oh, our friend Maverick's Maverick. friend, she would His be perfect. Fr- oh. She she is a medium. I'm doing ghost tour next weekend. I'll just say Mav. Yes, take Set me it up. We have the connections in place. The wheels are in motion. Uh, okay, 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 okay. All right, all right, yeah. all right. I'll ask him. Yeah, because I think that would be good. That I'll would be it. interesting. <gasps> we'll twist. And then can we bring the medium and on and have her? Like, tell us what, like, the deal is? Uh, sure. I'm going to try to get some stuff set up. Oh, my God. Can we make this into a Netflix special? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> I'm I get very excited, and then I'm like, I'm tired. Shit. I don't even want it. Okay, Alyssa, tell us a story. Okay, I am going to tell you about my good old hometown of Issaquah, Washington. So Issaquah was founded in the late 1900s. It was an old coal town. There's a lot of mining and lumbering of tr- timbering of trees. Um, actually, there's three mountains that surround Issaquah. They call them the Issaquah Alps. There is Cougar Mountain, Squawk Mountain, and Tiger Mountain. Hey, Britt, why do they call Squawk Mountain Squawk Mountain? Why? Because if you were stuck between a cougar and a tiger, you'd be squawking too. <laughs> <laughs> I forget where I heard it. It's a cute, cute old person joke. Um. Anyway, <laughs> I had trouble even choosing stories because there's just so much, so much craziness. I think that the Pacific Northwest is a little infamous, possibly, for the... Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, yeah. the people who occupy it. Um, I can't remember if I've told you this or not. Like, I r- live... I did not know this when I, m- I moved here. A few... went r- Right after we moved here, maybe the first or second, like, Thanksgiving, we went for a hike on Taylor Mountain, which is, like, 
five minutes from where I live. And it was a weird hike. I didn't like it. I got like weird vibes. The highway is kind of close, but it just was not like I love nature. Like that's why I live where I do. Like I, it is like, I don't like a, a fresh swim for me. I just love being out in nature. It was just a weird hike. I didn't like it. Even when we got back to the car, I was like, Mitch, I don't ever want to come back here again. Like I did not enjoy this, even though it's so close to our house. I was like, no. Yeah. So fast forward a couple months and I'm listening to a podcast. I think it was my favorite murder, which I don't usually listen to their full episodes of like their whole murders, but it was something on Ted Bundy. Yeah. And I was like, I don't even know. I I popped it on and was listening and they go on about how Ted Bundy, Bundy, you know, lived in the Seattle area, didn't know that. And that he had picked up a couple of his victims at Lake Sammamish Park, which is just down. I mean, it is Issaquah. That is where that is, the park. Um, He'd like lured some women to help him go get a boat back at his house. He's like, hey, can you give me a hand? My boat's back at my house. Lure them into their car, murdered them, drove on up. To Taylor Mountain, right around this where you were. Yeah, I mean, yes, Issaquah Hobart Road is a road that is a major road, and he would used to just like drive up and down it for leisure. Apparently, all in these these parts, drive it drove up to Taylor Mountain, ditched this poor girl's body up there, went back to Lake Sammamish Park in the same day, killed another uh-huh. woman. <gasps> And brought her back, Shit. but apparently it was like his, his the dumping grounds for his murder victims. They found several bodies on this this hike right around the corner from my house, like literally right around the corner. To the point when I heard this, I got very freaked out because I have long dark hair that I part in the middle often, and I like was like, what if there's like a Ted Bundy like copycat? Mur-? Like I mean, oh. like I got it really freaked me out that I it had happened right here and i had no idea um and then there's a a famous kidnapping that happened the warehouser the the timber baron who cut down all the trees around us here his son was kidnapped right around the time of the linden baby kidnapping really Um, yeah and they so they he decided not to take the chauffeur home from school and somebody else picked him up like saw the opportunity took him to like some house in Eastern Washington, stashed him there for a few days, took decent care of him. They fed him. They were like kind to him. They weren't, you know, brutal or anything. Um, Warehouser paid the ransom. They brought him back. And right again on this Issaquah Hobart road that goes right through our town, they dropped him off in like a little shack right down the road from where I lived. And uh, I mean, it was national news. It was a huge I've deal. never heard of. Well, I mean, it was probably ages yeah, ago. Yeah, it was like in the 1930s man. or something. But then so the dude who kidnapped the kid ended up getting arrested and put into jail. And when he got released, apparently Warehouser gave him a job. He employed the fella. What? Get out. Oh, I know. Why? But why? I don't know. I just think that's stand up because the dude was strapped for cash. <laughs> I don't know. I like. Now he's clearly riffraff. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Maybe his son. I mean, spoke I guess he kindly. didn't kill his kid. Yeah. So. And I, yeah. There's that. I don't know. I just thought that was a twist of a happy ending. Anyway, those aren't my stories. Those are just a couple of the fucked up things that happened right but around the shit corner. shit happens up there. Shit happens up here. And I'm sure there's a gajillion other things I'm not quite aware of, like Green River murder. I mean, there's like famous serial killers 
roam these parts, apparently. But that's what I'm talking about today. So my first story is um, one that I harvested from my uh, my next door. My next Hell door. Yeah, group. all about the yeah, next door. I have a fun little group. I mean, I guess I'm an admin. I am not as active. Like I, I asked an innocent question and all of a sudden there's like two hundred comments and people are like, start a group, start a group. And I was like, okay. So this is where this comes from. So my first story is from Mary. I do believe she has a husband and his name might come up. I'm really hoping it's Jamesel, but I'm not positive. <laughs> We'll, uh, we'll see. It's so common of a name. <laughs> James Lowe's are everywhere. I'm excited to share this situation, still ongoing. The old Freed house in Sammamish is haunted. The spirit is friendly, but still there. Our group saved the old house from demolition in 2009. We have since moved, to the, moved the house to Big Rock Park in Sammamish and had it landmarked. It's a new name its new name is the Reared House, after the original family that built the house. We have worked on the house for years and are now in the final stages of the renovation. My husband has been completing most of the work, usually working by himself. One day, I went up to the house to bring him lunch. As we sat outside, he asked me how long the little girl had been inside. I said, what little girl? He casually started describing her, crouched under a main table in the parlor with a long, sprawled-out dress looking directly at him, smiling. <laughs> under the table? Yeah. She says, I get goosebumps just writing this. Is it because of the eye contact, Mary? Because I think that, that, would, that that's what would do it for me. Yes! The, he sprawled out dress, eye contact under a table. Staring oh my God. directly at Alyssa him. just gave me the big eyes. <laughs> he then mentioned the shadow that has been he has seen several times. It stands behind him, moves past him in 2D form. He feels it as it passes and then Whoa. turns and disappears into the wall. It's a. Sh- what do you mean, two D form? Like a piece of paper? I guess so. It, like it's a shadow of a man, slightly taller, no face, just a shape. I almost feel like that's. Um, if you've listened like, to last week's or episode, Maverick, or two weeks ago, Maverick, he talked about the one that kind of shimmied down the wall too. Yes. Like, I mean, yeah, like a shadow passing through, but there's no person, and you can feel the shadow. Yes. Well, I called a medium and she came up with her team from Portland to investigate. Love it. I love it when they call in the mediums. Just the best. Yes. Thank you. Yes. The little girl, a three-year-old named Anna or Annie or Anne, was in the attic, which explains a photo I took in the attic that showed a strange light fly past my lens. I do have a picture of this attic. I did not notice the lens flare. We'll leave it at this. You do have that eye. Okay. The medium said she was struck, she was stuck, but her parents were waiting for her, so the medium sent her back. The man, we assume, is Oscar Freed, who died in the house. He wants to stay and help my husband finish the restoration, which my husband agrees to. He actually plays games with this spirit, kind of like peekaboo. Like I said, he's friendly and has the right to be there. Aw, I mean, Oscar. That's cute. Love that. 
Somebody repairing the home. They're like, nail, nail, nail. And then Oscar's like, hey, peekaboo. <laughs> like that. It seems innocent. Maybe make me like pee my pants. Yeah. I've, the ghost is playing peekaboo with me. <laughs> I like the idea of James Ol scaring Oscar, sneaking up on Oscar, <laughs> the, the spirit. He like sees him yeah. going along the wall and he, he's like, I'm going to hop boo. Yeah. Re- turn the tables. <laughs> I like this reverse haunting. Maybe in another dimension, <laughs> Oscar is being haunted by James Ol. The medium also mentioned the number of Native American spirits on the site. One woman in particular that had a bun in her hair looking out over Pine Lake. It never occurred to me that the land would have spirits as well, all protecting the area, which is cool. Yeah. That is nice. You know what? That was very, uh, uh, what is it called? White of me? <laughs> to only mention, oh, this time it was established in the late 1800s. Nothing existed here before that. No, there were the, um, uh, the Salish Indian tribes were here for a long, obviously. Ages, ages, yeah. ages beforehand. It was that this is like an ideal place. I've thought this over thoroughly. Like, if I were a Native American, there's no place I would rather live than where we live. We got fucking. You don't even have to. If you just throw a handful of seeds, just like anywhere, even on some asphalt, it, <laughs> it plants does. will plants will grow, and everything grows there. Dude, and then it, the, if it's green, lush, the salmon come running through the freaking creek, through Issaquah Creek every you, every you just year. Hold up a net, the fish will just jump into your net. Wild turkeys, yes. wild berries, like it is the Garden of Eden up here. Like absolutely, this is where you want. It you would live off the land, so yes. Um, but I like that too because I feel like oftentimes, yeah, Native American spirits you don't hear much about them, but they probably are the more they're still protecting, yeah, prolific yeah, around still protecting the area. The land. So the house will be done in a year and open to the public, ghost and all. As we continue to work on the house, I will keep everyone updated on any news. Happy hauntings. So I asked if her husband, if James Old knew that um, the little girl was a ghost or did he think it was a real person in there, oh, right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Good question. And he said he saw the little girl three times that same day. She was about three years old. <gasps> Just briefly, a split second. She scared him because her gaze was directed at him and she was smiling. <laughs> yes, James, you're a sane person. No, that's so freaky. That's so freaky. Ad- in living or dead, if you're looking at somebody and smiling yes. for no reason, and direct eye contact, not welcome. No, stop no. it. You just did it to me. I love you, but I hated, I hated every second of that. <laughs> you don't deep do stare. it. Oh my God. Ugh. Okay. The other spirit would pass by him or stand behind him, but he never made out a face. Sometimes it was just a dark shadow or a large ball of light, size of a volleyball. So we got some orbs, orbs bouncing around here too. That's a big orb. That, I mean, that's a big, like, volleyball, that's decent size. Yeah. That would fly across the room. I never, ever saw anything, which is good because I'm a chicken. Hell yeah, Mary. (laughs) Team chicken over here. Team chicken. Once my husband is back up there working on the house, I'll be curious to see if Oscar will be there to help. Read up on the history of the reared freed house online. Lots of fun facts. 
So, Mary, I did. I did just awesome. that. Oh, okay. research. Love so, it. I'll try to keep it pretty brief. The reared freed farmhouse in Sammamish. So Sammamish used to be Issaquah or Issaquah used to be Sammamish. Or they're both the same thing. The same school district, very uh, sort of interchangeable. The Sammamish is referred to as the plateau. So when I say Sammamish, they're not the same, but they're almost the same. They're very, they're adjacent. So the reared free, the reared freed farmhouse in Sammamish, King County was built in 1895 and has a long, rich local history. The original farmstead on which the house was built has the distinction of being the only location in Sammamish that appears in the National Register of Historic Places. So it was built by Jacob Dominique Reard, who was born in Germany on March 4th, 1866. And he apparently either brought money here or made money, but he built the house in 1890. At the time, Issaquah was called Gilman. I like Issaquah better. Well, yeah, and I believe that's a name. It is a Native American name. Do you have a photo of the house? I do have photos of the house. Did she send that to you? Oh, good. I've got got several photos of the house. It's really, it's very cool. So good old boy, Jacob Reard, who was born in Germany, he married Emma Grote. So when I read Emma, I think I got confused. I thought Emma, Anna, I thought that the names were fairly similar. May have of the been the little, little girl. girl. Oh. Um, although this was his wife. Did they have a little girl? They did have a little girl. They had a, a John, a Herbert, a Marguerite, and an Alice. But Alice lived oh, until 1989. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. time, space, maybe... Who live? I mean, there's got to be somebody. The house is old as hell. There's got to be somebody. Yeah. So, um, they lived there until like the 1910s or so. That's not accurate, but let's pretend it is. And then they moved away. <laughs> and he was a very successful farmer. This Jacob Reard, and uh, he uh, was severely injured when he cut his leg on a ba- a baler in 1917, and he was taken by train to Spokane for medical treatment, but died on February 21st, 1917. <gasps> Nothing to do with the house. Aww. I just thought death seemed up our alley. And a tragic accident seemed like something I wanted to share on this <laughs> podcast. Is. You're just working and you slice yourself on a hay baler. Oh, I know. And then you're dead. Dead. Because no antibiotics. No, no. I had a relative back old on the old homestead in Buffalo, New York, who apparently died from animal poison. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Butchering a beef cow. No, Mike's, I think it was a great, great grandpa. Uh, who Liam is actually partially named after William, fell off a horse, broke his leg, couldn't fix it, because it's, what, 1910? And died? <laughs> and, no, I think he, like, they cut his leg off, but oh, they're yeah. like, well, you're useless now. And so he, his, like, wife remarried his <gasps> friend. It was a whole story. <laughs> my great-grandpappy on my mom's side, grandma, grandma's father, grandma. was missing a leg, Raymond. I believe. Oh. No leg. Don't know how he lost it. You know what? I'll get back to us on that. I've always wondered how why he had no leg. Don't know. We'll find out. Okay? <laughs> we'll get back to that. Next episode. Um, so then um, 
a whole bunch of different families. It did change hands a lot over the following years. Um, after the the Reards moved out, the Freeds, Oscar Freed, moved in in 1928, and his him and his wife Dorothy owned the property. They, I want to say, they had an egg farm. Oh, that's Oscar. Yeah. That's the ghost. So yeah, in 1928, oh, the egg farmer Oscar. Yeah, Oscar, okay. the egg farmer. Oscar's there. And his wife, All right. Dorothy. And he rented out the property until 1934, and at least one renter found a creative use for the property and built a still on it. Prohibition was in effect at the time, but illegal stills were commonplace, and many did not view them with any real stigma. All right, (laughs) I'm with you. Oscar Freed's son was interviewed in 2005, and he'd say, we'd go out there and it'd be all quiet. There'd be a few cattle there, but there, but that's all. The bootleggers had a still in the barn that was sunk down so you couldn't see it. They put hay over the top of it. Finally, the Federals came down and knocked the still over. It stunk <laughs> a whiskey out there for a good three weeks. <laughs> good smell worse. Oh, Oscar said that. I love it. Yeah, his son said He's that. He's a good friend. It's better than oh, cow poop, which is yeah. what I expect a farm to smell like. They had 3,500 chickens laying up to 1,500 eggs a day. This is not interesting for a paranormal podcast. Are they haunted eggs? Rotten eggs. No. Um, uh, then he, From a he, chicken standpoint, that's phenomenal. But what do you do with so many eggs? Oh, you sell them to Seattle. You put them on a train to Seattle. Oh, true. Okay. Yes. That's your business. Fun fact about my area <laughs> of town is that there are train museums and trains in every fucking little town outside of Seattle. Issaquah's got a train museum. Snoqualmie has this train museum. North Bend has a train museum. They all have fucking little train depots, train museums. There is no actual train that is running <laughs> that you can go into the city of Seattle from where I live. They are building a light rail, but it is kind of a ridiculous thing. Like... That's a bummer. You can take the train of lame, the train of lame from Snoqualmie to Snoqualmie Falls, but it's not really, it's it's lame, as the title would would uh, imply. Um, you, you don't even get a view of the falls. That's the official, that's the official term for yeah, it. They, that's, lame train. And maybe it's a marketing train? issue. Train. So once Oscar couldn't work anymore, they he started a water district. Their well ran dry, and I was like, oh, this is when they're going to move the house. No, he just like started a water company and made water come to his house, and and, and it was run out of the, the, the house, this freed reared house, until his death in 1979. Oscar died on his birthday. And so... <gasps> Whoa. Then not long after his passing, the farmhouse gained national attention for, oh, it was a TV movie called The Act of Love. And it starred um, Ron Howard and Mickey Rourke. And it was a drama about a mercy killing by Howard of a family member, Rourke, paralyzed from a motorcycle ask- a- accident. So there's some really cool old pictures of this house. And it was a really beautiful like yellow color it was it's a very nice like rich yellow like a vintagey sort of yellow but for the movie they painted it red and so from then on Uh. it stayed red and it fell into disrepair so that is the story that's the story of the freed reared house in uh sammamish washington and the little girl i want to know so yeah i want to know who that little girl is it sounds like it could have been 
any number of people. Any. And, and or yeah. their, their child. I mean, Oscar lived there for a long time. Yeah. But you never know. Um, okay. My story. I'm not going to give you any. Um, I'm just going to jump in. Please do. Gonna jump in. My story takes place August 2009. My wife and I just returned from a trip out of Seattle via Amtrak. We took the Empire Builder, that's the name of the train, out of Chicago all the way to Seattle. On the morning of Tuesday, August 4th, around 8 a.m., I was sitting in our sleeper compartment on the port side of the train as it exited the long Cascade Tunnel. I was just relaxing with my head back against the seat, looking out the window, letting the scenery pass by. The train was moving about 40 miles per hour, and the landscape rose sharply up the mountain. I was facing towards the rear of the train. About a mile west of the tunnel exit, I suddenly glimpsed a huge figure standing in the trees, up the grade about 50 to 75 feet from the train. The woods were quite dense, and I only saw the figure for a brief moment, but it was unmistakably a big. <gasps> oh, I love it. <laughs> classic, classic PNW. Okay, I also, do, do this fellow have a name? Woman, fellow? Uh, well, it's anonymous, okay. but I will give credit to the where I found it. Uh, he was standing, or, or it, was standing on the sharp incline, looking down at the train with his right hand on an aspen tree. Because of the speed of the train, oh. I only glimpsed it, but I'm positive of what I saw. I'm sorry. I thought you were done with the story before. I didn't realize you had more. I was asking <laughs> who wrote this because I feel like he's calling me a liar because I just said <sighs> that there is no train from my town's in it to Seattle. I did get a chuckle when you said okay. that. <laughs> okay, no, I'm going to let you know. But this was 2009. No, no, it doesn't matter. He is going from Seattle. The train leaves from Seattle Amtrak, and it goes north up through Shoreline and out and around. It does not go down the 90 where I live. It does not go east okay. through my towns. There is no Amtrak. So to okay. clarify. This is going basically around you. Yeah, so for all you folk okay. out there saying, Alyssa's so full of shit, just <laughs> making shit First story is about a train. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it does not go through uh, my town. I've taken that train, so I know. Okay. Carry on. The area seemed to be very remote, desolate, and wild. A minute or two later, the landscape dropped off into a steep canyon where I could view the Skokomish River. Did I say it right? How is I supposed to say it? Skokomish? Sure. Sco okay. Yeah, mish. Okay. Skokomish, maybe. Skokomish River Blue. It, it looked to be full of large boulders, and the flow was quite rapid and steep. The Empire Builder, that's the train, passes this same spot daily. It occurs to me that this animal might have developed some curiosity with the train and may visit the spot quite often. It was quite a shock to go to glimpse him quite a thrill as well of course i exclaimed to my wife immediately there was no chance she could see it because of her position and the speed of the train i have reluctantly told my family and a few close friends of the sighting they are understandably skeptical 
So, I have stories about Bigfoot tonight. All of them Bigfoot. Da, 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 da. You know, I think we were going to do a skipsy skipsies, but I think I should just talk about my Bigfoots. Is that okay? Do it. I want to hear all the Bigfoots. Okay. Um, so, so James Ol, the <laughs> train James Ol, this is going to be confusing. We need to come up with different <laughs> Uh, we will call that guy Bob. He seems very much like a man who wears loafers. Okay, yeah. Oh, he seems very well, like very detail oriented. Knows the port of trains. Um, the um port of the, I like how the Empire Steamer was. <laughs> I knew the name of the fucking train. The Cascadian mountainside. The Skokomish River was to the port side of the the vessel. As I. We, We'll say I got all of my information from a delightful website called bfro.net. BFRO. Called, okay. uh, which stands for Bigfoot Field Researcher <gasps> Observer. Big Fro. Big Fro. Big Fro. Um, oh, I want, now I want Bigfoot to have an afro. I really want him to be like really curly. You Curly know, hair. there's a photo out there somewhere. Um, this website is the bomb. So not only does it like track all of first person encounters of Bigfoot categorized, but they have them by state and then by county. Ooh. So I'm like, oh, where? What county is Issaquah in? King County. King county so baby. all my stories come from King County. Right. That is um. A big county. No, yeah, that's great. That is my home. That's my home county. Um, so they've got all the stats on the site. Um, your neighboring state of Oregon has 250 reported accounts of Bigfoot. Do you want to guess how many Washington has? Uh, 763. Close. Oh. <laughs> 698. Oh, okay. But like... Washington has a shit like so much, so many more encounters than like er, like the I think the next one after that is like 150. Again. Washington filled with Bigfoots. We just discussed I just say? why people would like. I would live here if I were an eight foot tall animal living Berries. off the land. Salmon, greens, Berries. salmons, greens. asphalt yes. gardens. Ooh, actually. Your talk of salmon is a perfect segue into this next story. Ba, ba, ba. Me and my friend were going back on a service road at Mud Mountain Dam in Washington State near Ednumenclaw? Enumclaw. There's a lot of fun named towns around here. It is. <laughs> here we go. Yeah. On Mud Mountain Road. We walk down the road and it slopes down to the right. On the right is a hillside that goes straight up, and to the left was a hillside that goes down, and at the bottom is a circular area that is dry and wetlands. It looked to my left, oh, I looked to my left as I neared the curve in the road, and what I believed to be a Bigfoot was crouched down getting water from the swampy area. It snapped its head over really quick at us and then stood up. It had to have been eight feet tall. It was a brown-red color, darker than a mountain lion. I ran as fast as I could back to my car. I looked back at my friend, uh, looked back, and my friend had seen it and was right behind me. 
I've been back many times and have never seen anything again, but I will never forget what I saw. I'm reporting this so many years later because my friend recently saw something a few miles up near Scatter Creek, and I know there is something in the area. I like that there's a a verification and another person saw it. So this Mm -hmm. reminded me of two different things. One, there is in my neighborhood, the local folklore right in my little neighborhood is of a black cougar. And every couple years, there will be a Wouldn't they call that a panther? Well, (laughs) yes, it would be a panther. But we call it a cougar, a black cougar, which doesn't exist. Like you, uh, 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 cougars are not capable of the melanistic melanin. Again, the there's words. no albino cougars there out there. Mi- oh, there might be albino, albino, but there's like the melanin will never like make the variation of a black co- darker cougar, one, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, people will swear up and down every so often on next door. I just saw a black cougar. There is like. And there's been several it's sightings of this cougar. It is like my favorite thing. It's a panther. Oh my God, I love it. You got a loose panther. No, I, well, that is one of the theories. So we've got a few theories here. My theory is because okay. like, oh it my is gosh. so fascinating. It's hilarious because every time someone's like, I just saw a black panther. You didn't see a black panther. They're like, it was a black big cat with like a long tail. It wasn't a bobcat. Like people have lived here like 23 years. They're like, I swear, I know that it doesn't exist, but. I saw what I saw, and I can't explain it. Um, it like accidentally got under somebody who was painting, and it like got <laughs> black paint spilled <laughs> all this over his mind. Oh my god! So <laughs> the theories are one that someone had like there's a freaking Joe Exotic around here wannabe for sure. Was like I'm gonna yeah. get me a panther. I'm gonna keep this panther in my yard, and <laughs> it escaped. <laughs> Or it became too much and they dumped it up in the mountains because I live in a very rural area, actually. Oh, they're probably like lush land. It can survive Rome. here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. My other theory is that it could be same same premise, um, but a, a savannah cat, one of those big ass cats that's like a serval mixed with a house oh, cat that yes. some like Seattle hipster got in his studio and was like, this is going to be awesome. And then the freaking thing just trashed his like studio apartment. <laughs> trying to jump be free yeah and he's like i'm gonna be be free and they drove him out and released him and i love it i love it every few years the black (laughs) cougar that roams our neighborhood i will give updates if that happens again because it's it it's just so also where are these photos to prove it that's what i want to see okay photographic i mean people People, that's how people are with the Bigfoots, too. I have one more. Yeah, I want to One more, it. and then I'll go into a little tidbit about our man, the foot of Big. <laughs> All right. In the summer of 2000, I took a friend up to Rattlesnake Lake in North Bend, Washington. Yeah, I know where that is. Is that yeah, near we you? Yeah, go there. Okay. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a very, it's a very cool lake. It was a clear night, full moon, which makes for a breathtaking view of Rattlesnake Ridge. Mm-hmm. Do you know where that yeah, is? Yeah, that's it All is right. a ridge above uh the the lake and actually the the lake was formed because it was a town and up on the ridge, I believe on the other side of the ridge, they tried to um dig a a lake i want to say or a reservoir on the other side, but however mm-hmm. the bed, the rock was configured they tried to fill the lake on the other side of the ridge and all the water just soaked through and ended up 
flooding this town on the down, the downhill side. Oh, no. Yeah, and so like there's pictures. There's a little like nature center you can go to, and there's pictures of the town like a house floating because uh, yeah, I can't remember if it was a <laughs> reservoir or a lake or however if it was filled by rainwater or whatever. But that is what happened, and it is gorgeous. That feels very Oh Brother, where art thou? Yes, where it is. It is very much a that cow might be on a where roof they get floating. That freaking fire. idea for that movie. Um, but there's a very cool nature center that they have these drums set up and then the rain the water they've got water playing the drums in this little rain garden it is really cool it's a very the kids love going there not in covid times so yes it's beautiful love it um this was before all the development was done so we pulled his truck into a clearing the friend pulled in the truck uh to the left of the main road as you come up on the lake We parked and climbed in the bed of the truck. I would say 15 minutes later, we heard a rustle in the bushes. When we turned to look, there was a very large animal of some sort. It was taller than the average black bear and stood like a man. We literally sat there, froze for a good two minutes. I would turn to the left and walk three to four large... Oh, it would turn to the left and walk three to four large steps. Stop and face our direction. A few seconds later, it would do the same to the right. I would say it was a good 40 yards from us and a good 15 yards from the tree line. It stood seven plus feet tall, long arms covered in what seemed to be dark hair and walked like a human as it paced. It was dark and too far away to see its face. Finally, my friend slowly grabbed my arm and asked me, what in the hell is that? I replied that I had no idea, but it was freaking huge. <laughs> we both jumped out of the bed of the truck, throwing his spare tire on top of our blankets and made a mad dash for the cab. As he drove away, I watched out the back window and it just stood there. To this day, I wish that he had turned a full circle and shined his lights on it so that we could have gotten a better look. I grew up in the Snoqualmie North Bend area and spent many summer nights a day at the lake in the woods. My friend was a hunter and in the military. There was no way it was an animal from this area. I didn't tell anyone about this for years, and when I finally did, they all laughed at me like I was a nutcase. But I know what I saw, and I know the fear that I felt, that paralyzing fear and dread. Ooh, I like that one. So he is on his back feet. I like it because it's such a specific area, too, and I know I know exactly where that is. Yeah, it's right up the road. And like, I've never... I've never seen a Bigfoot ever, but I've also definitely never seen a Bigfoot there. Um, but I didn't – I mean, they, you could. That's right near where Mitch works. Um, Dirtfish is right out in oh, Snoqualmie. It's very oh, gosh, right. Yeah, it's real forested up there. Um, cougars, like genuinely, not Black Panthers, not anything. Cougars don't stand on their back legs, but there's a dude <laughs> no. who got eaten by a cougar up there a couple of years ago. Real oh. – yeah. Like – We've oh, was that the guy that was on his bicycle? Yes, you've heard about that. Oh shit, that was that. Yes, that was national. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's bear. Like I guess I mean we see bear around here. Like Milo and I have had a very close encounter with a bear, and they are a big, lot of. But they could walk on their yes. hind legs. I mean, if he's from the area, 
He's seen bear. You know what they He's look seen bear. bear. Like, I see that, bear. And regularly. I think that's important that they noted that too. Like I'm from the area, seen yeah. a bear. Person's a hunter has seen a bear. Because a lot of people on these Bigfoot sites are like or you know, skeptics are always like, Oh, it's a mangy bear. You guys are idiots. Yeah. I've got a question. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in Bigfoot? Do I believe in Bigfoot? I I guess I don't I don't think it's impossible. I don't know if I'm a full-fledged believer in Bigfoot. I feel like um we're like someone event I mean, I guess people ha- hmm <laughs> I I would say like oh we would know about them we would know you know there'd be more you know there'd be skulls and skeletons and this and that mm. but a point I've heard people say is that how often do you walk in the woods and come across a bear skeleton or a bear skull never every so often I do get like I find skulls um but like usually birds and like a deer and stuff but you know it's very rare but you would think eventually somebody would come across like a Bigfoot skull or something, unless they are, um, there's like monkeys somewhere in the Bronze Age. So they may be more advanced and they're not, they maybe they bury their dead. Maybe they, you know, like we don't, if if they do exist, they may be more sophisticated than just a a, a, a monkey in the woods, you know, like they may know and have knowledge and be like, I don't want anything to do with these humans and we're going to have our own society somewhere. I I did <laughs> it's it's very interesting researching the big yeah. because <laughs> you have the one hand of people who are like clearly he exists and then there's the other people where it's like oh you know these people are you know high <laughs> um but so bigfoot has been not necessarily termed Bigfoot, but, you know, large, hairy creature or whatever. Actually, Sasquatch was the original term, which was anglicized der- derivative of Sasquatch, which means wild man. So just like large, wild man yeah. in the forest or whatever. Um, But most sightings happen in North America, Canada, here in the U.S., um, some in Mexico. There are a few in Asia, a few in Australia, but for the most part, they're all here. Um, In the early 1800s, there was a British explorer named David Thompson, and he was credited for the first discovery of Sasquatch footprints in 1811. But I think that perhaps... He was around, you know, Sasquatch was around before then, but this is just the first, you know, British Anglican explorer, you know, exploring the land and, and discovering this. That's very early. The, I, earlier than it, I expect, but then I my immediate brain goes to he saw a bear track. So. Well, they were actually clever enough to do the molds of these prints so there's yeah the cast of it so though i don't know where those actually exist but they're you know you that yes those have been documented as early as 1811 um in 1840 there was a protestant missionary who recorded stories of giants among the 
Indians living near Spokane, Washington. Although I call it Spokane. What you called it, you pronounced it something different. Spokane, but trust me, everyone around here Spokane. makes fun of how I pronounce it. Oh, everything. it's a debate. Oh, so okay. <laughs> I'm not right. I will just I it might be Spokane. What they discovered is that the Indians said that these giants lived on and around the peaks of nearby mountains and stole salmon from the fishermen's nets. And if to them it was kind of a common just other wild creature out there. About one third of all of the Bigfoot sightings happen in the Pacific Northwest, though. See, right? because it's where in you want to live. I swear to God. Um, I know. So, no, I mean, I see, I believe in that. I believe that uh, they may still exist for sure. Um, I mean, we find new uh, species all the time anyway. I mean, as far as, the, you know, we're losing them. And but it's them. bonkers. Like, just today I read. <laughs> Just research. <laughs> I've started following a Bigfoot group on Facebook just so I could like get some stories. The, I'm into it. The cryptids. We need. To, I'm like... into it too. Sure. I didn't think I would be, but they posted up today. A woman in, or no, maybe it's Louisiana, claimed that she raised a baby Bigfoot <gasps> from an infant. <laughs> And they were like, do you have documentation? She's like, oh, yeah, it's back at home. I'll show you later. But That's like really totally funny. told her That's whole cute. story. <laughs> it's, it's. But then there's all these dramatic stories of like, oh, the DNA has been tested and I'll prove it on this on this live television show. And then they get millions of followers. And then it's like, we have no documentation. And so there's a lot of these people who are spoofs. Actually, I did write down one that I thought was like pretty because they were like people trying to deceive others about Bigfoot in 2012 a man in Montana was killed by a car while perpetrating a Bigfoot hoax in a ghillie suit so he was trying to pretend to be Bigfoot oh. and someone hit him with their car like because they were scared they're like watch me baby I'm gonna kill Bigfoot watch this I like, fuck that Bigfoot. Or maybe I don't know they the just whole thought story it was a dude one. in a ghillie suit, like attacking him with a freaking like. I mean, Montana, <laughs> don't fuck around. Ghillie suits don't look. But well, they're like they a combat. Kind of they're, I don't but know. they're like a. Com- I yeah. would expect a soldier to be in a ghillie suit, and if I saw someone in a fucking ghillie suit, I would assume they're gonna attack me or, or they're sneaking up. Maybe on me. they were like, maybe they were like sneaking across the road to be like, hey, I'm gonna get those people hiking and then not realizing that the car a, a I actually suit, and I don't even know why why do I know that I know what you're talking about it's like <laughs> one of those things where you almost look like the weeds in the bush and it's like got sh- it's like a combat yes! camouflage has like long stringy yes. stuff kind of hanging off of it for those of you who don't know what a ghillie suit is okay so my uh, the, the, historically throughout history there has been documentation like you're talking about the native american people yeah. talking about a being that they you know they lived that lived amongst them right and yeah. everyone just thought it was like nonsense or modern myths like bigfoot unicorns this and that that later mm-hmm. were actually proved none of those ones that i <laughs> Named have been Uni- proved to exist. Unicorns do exist. <laughs> <in this. laughs> one example I have. I have one example, and I want to say it's like in Spain or the Pyrenees or something. I think it's in the Pyrenees. There was like these legends of a very small horse, 
and like paintings and drawings of this very small horse or something like that. Uh And everyone just thought it was this myth, the myth of the horse, the myth, the myth, the myth. Come to find out there's this one valley in like the Pyrenees Mountains that someone stumbled upon. And what do you know? A whole bunch of tiny little horses in this <laughs> and, oh. <laughs> and it wasn't a myth and so that's what like some of these stories like people just write they exist for a reason yeah. well even this well and what baffles me is how many thousands and thousands of stories and not from like oh we were super high hanging out in the back of the truck no like from like lucid people having obviously very detailed enough to tell stories about which port side of the train they're on of seeing a creature i don't know there's something there's gotta be something well what i was gonna say was like if they exist then more people would see or people would see them but i'm like i guess people are reporting that they're seeing them but people are not believing the reports that they're seeing okay Similar to UFOs. So you're now on the fucking Bigfoot train, but you're still like... (laughs) Oh, I'm not going to say that I'm on the Bigfoot train. But similar to sort of ghost sightings, though, where it's like, okay, here's this photo of this silhouette of this person, where it's like, yeah, that could be a ghost. And then someone throws you a photo, here's a silhouette of this hairy creature in the forest. Well... Yeah, that could be a Bigfoot. You just don't know. Yeah, that's true. And then, or is it's it a probably I'll suit? say is it a that it's probably something. You know, people like fucking with people true. And, and getting away with. Hoops. Oh, absolutely, people fuck with Bigfooters. Um, but is that a word? similar to the little small. Oh, uh, oh shit! It's right there. The little ho- small horses. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Unicorns. It's uh Oh, oh, I know it is. Okay, okay. So similarly, or there's like a discounting of. Native American folklore or um, like specifically in the Pacific Northwest, which is relevant to today's episode. Yes. Um, when the the white folk found Seattle and like started uh, settling it, there was like some geologist who like deemed this region the most geologically sound area in the world. He was like, there's fucking salmon, there's berries, there's like no geological like movement. It is like paradise, yeah. paradise. Paradise, yeah. No, in fact, there's a big fucking volcano like I can see from my house. It's called Mount Rainier. <laughs> it is actually like one of the like, uh, it's in the ring of fire. It is not ge- geologically st- stable at all and in fact there is once you move here you will inevitably hear and it's going to probably come up in the news again just because there's that fear factor um the big one the big earthquake that there is going to be a cataclysmic earthquake it happens every 500 years or so um that will devastate the area, absolutely devastate the area, and it's from the volcano. Not from the volcano. There's it's oh. the Cascadian Fault. Basically, the the plates one will like drop below the other one very suddenly, and they've realized like they're like oh shit, <laughs> everything west of I five well, will be shit, wiped out. Alyssa, I was all ready to move up there. I was like, I want to forage wild berries. Yeah. But now I'm going to fall into the ocean. Yeah. Well, they looked back through the. Um, I mean, you got to just live with it. Ever that you know, you fucking had to boil your water this week. I mean, you, you thought you were safe where you <laughs> That's are. That's true. Texas yeah, got cold for two days. Yeah, you guys are going to run out of water and die of drought. You know. Um, yes. 
But when they look back through like Native American records, there's a whole story of like this this tribe that lived by the ocean and they got washed away into the the waters and they like one night and then when the the ground shook and everyone ran out into the forest and then right around the same these so there's a folklore there's there's stories passed down through the native americans and then the fossil record also that aligned with a major tsunami that occurred in japan right around the same time so they were able to put it together and be like oh there was a major earthquake. They say it was around 500 years ago. I can't remember. Any article you read makes it sound like tomorrow. It will happen. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be happening tomorrow. Well, I mean, it, 10 years ago when we visited um, Geyser. What's that place? Geyser. Oh, a Yellowstone? Yeah. The super <laughs> volcano? You. It was like Northstone? <laughs> when we visited Yellowstone, that's all volcanoes there, and that was Super the whole like volcano. shtick there too, where it's like any second now this volcano can erupt, and so you know you're camping, you're like maybe the volcano is gonna erupt tonight, you know. So I I do kind of I I get that feeling where you know, that fear almost that fear mongering of like any second you now. nailed it it is fear mongering but i mean it's not a lie it could happen i mean and it, like could. that's the point that the native americans were like it happened it happens <laughs> and never, everyone's like well no one told me this so like yeah we literally like we've been talking about it's it for centuries th- right there Here. yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it happens so bigfoot sure sure he, I, I can't disprove he exists. Yeah. I've never seen one. You know, but if I saw one, I'd believe it. And I'd be like... You would? I mean, if I saw one, for sure, I'd believe it. I might try to rationalize it, but I'll be like, that was really fucking weird. I kind of don't want to see one. Keep your eyes out. When we visited family in Portland, I told my eight-year-old, well, the then seven-year-old, I was like, well, Bigfoot is in these parts and we went hiking that day and i he's like mom look at this footprint i'm pretty sure this is bigfoot and it was a delight the whole trip he's like what's that over there in the bushes is that hair i think it's bigfoot mom i was like maybe i love it I love so it. cute um odin kept talking about a bobcat that he would see while riding his bikes to his friend's house and pet and i was like what, what are you talking about a bob like he's like no it was a bobcat mom i have a bot like it's a bobcat i'm like okay i uh, turns out no it is a black cougar yeah. no nope. <laughs> yeah just chasing him Mom, mom. And you're like, brush it off. It's fine. A dog. I definitely remember being a child and being confused between dogs and cats and coyotes and lions and tigers. Like the difference between the two. Like, I don't know. It's an easy mistake to to make. So um, this story is from Rob. And Rob says that pre-COVID, I used to lead Issaquah Historic Pub Crawls. In 2008, the Washington State Ghost Society conducted an investigation at the Grand Central Hotel and the Rolling Log Tavern using electromagnetic field monitors, EMF. Wait, 
EMF. I'm pretty sure I got all that wrong earlier. <laughs> Full spectrum video <laughs> cameras along with mediums to interact with spirits they might encounter. They published a report which has had unexplained shadows, flickering lights, visualizations of ghosts, and one investigator felt someone touching his arm and then his neck. Um, the investigators identified multiple multiple spirits. Um, before I go on, the the rolling log is a it's a it's a bar in downtown Issaquah. Oh, okay, okay. Um, they think it was founded around 1930 or so, and it was like the hangout for all the old uh, the lumbermen, the timber timbermen, the loggers. What do you call that? A lumberjack. It's, it's been around. Yeah, lumberjacks. lumberjacks. Not lumbermen. Lumbermen. Lumberjack sounds much cooler. <laughs> so the lumberjacks, you would hang out at the rolling log, and the the miners would hang out at H and H. Apparently, the other like old timey bar oh, in town. Okay. And the rolling log okay. to visualize, like it is like the outside looks like a log cabin. It's very strange because Issaquah downtown is older buildings and stuff, but there is this one building that's like all logs stacked on top of each other. And then it has a little almost bay window of logs on the second floor. And that is the rolling log. And I've been there for a drink or two kind of again, but it's like, it's not like, it's not a place that you see. And I was like, I I personally was like, I it's not like your daily. It is probably not your daily bar though. Huh? It's just not. No, it's like late night. I don't know, but people always want to go to the rolling log and I'm like, okay, I guess we'll go to the rolling (laughs) log. And so it's kind of divey. I don't know if I, I don't want to offend anyone, but it's sort of a divey bar, but it's like one of the oldest bars in, in Issaquah. And it's adjacent to, um, the grand central hotel, that was founded in like 1908. Oh, there, it's got to be rich history there. Adjacent to the train museum with the non-functioning trains, oh. but many trains. So people would come out for from Seattle, and then they'd stay at the hotel. Um, and it is, it's not a hotel anymore. It's a boarding house. But just to set the scene, so there's a hotel, and then the rolling log, and they're adjacent to each other, and. I think at one point they were attached, but there's definitely some sort like the rolling log may have been the cafe for the hotel at one point. Okay. The rolling log was a speakeasy at, at one point as well. Nice. So it's got some history, but it's being told as though everyone would know what the rolling log is. So I wanted to fill y'all in, all you listeners. I'm there. Okay. I feel it. It's like dark, a little sticky. It, you nailed but it. But also historical. You got it. Yes. Perfect. Got it. I'm there. Set the stage. So the investigators <laughs> identified multiple multiple spirits. One spirit was a patron in the 1950s who continues to visit because the tavern has good energy and likes to sit and stare out the front window. Oh, Aww. <laughs> the window gazer, creepy. Oh, I feel like we've got like a category of ghosts. The window gazer, <laughs> like old Mister Barker. Another yes. another spirit detected by multiple mediums was a male who stayed at the hotel shortly after it opened and went on to fly airplanes in World War I. Two spirits apparently like to play cards. One is a tall cowboy with black hair sporting a waxed mustache. <laughs> the other is medium in height with blonde hair parted in the middle. Allegedly, they are not aware of the people around them present in our time 
Those are, yeah, those are our, uh, what we've been, I've been calling memory ghosts, where they just, they're not out to haunt you. They're just doing their normal routine. Right. But I also never consider that there's ghosts that aren't aware of other ghosts in their same haunting grounds because they did oh. not exist in the same time either. Yeah. Yet we're experiencing them, them all. all in this time. It's a paradox. Um un- the whole podcast is just this. When I'm when I'm reading, <laughs> I print just like six extra pages of nonsense words just because just to make it a little harder on myself. You know, for the amount that you were reading and the amount of pages you were turning, it wasn't accurate. <laughs> no. I just want I just try to make Brit think I researched a bunch by like just there's not real words on this. It's just gobbledygook. The alphabet repeated copy paste. Yeah, I just sat well, I just like sat on the keyboard. You do have a lovely sketch on the back of that one. Yeah, I get distracted. Oh yeah, I do have a little (gasps) it's a ghost face. I don't even remember drawing this. It's is it Jada? (gasps) It's Anne. Maybe. Anne. Okay. So, another spirit with a long beard and a Hawaiian shirt was allegedly stabbed to death in the 1970s. It is thought that he may have been the cook. Oh. The Rolling Rock totally looks – I'm not – people get stabbed there. That's what it seems like. I mean, no, no, I don't know if people (laughs) – Story. You're offending so many people right now. <laughs> that story is believable to me. It feels like, sure, people that a man in a Hawaiian shirt in the rolling log for sure. I mean, because this equipment's kind of like yeah, it's 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 not a very rough and tumble town. If there were a, a bar in the town that someone's going to get stabbed, it's going to be the rolling log. Um, it's going to be there. I'm sorry. <laughs> in the basement of the Grand Hotel, a female spirit was encountered wearing 1900s clothing. She stood five foot six tall and had blonde hair. When she saw the medium, she began to scream. (laughs) Whoa! I love that. Because she probably hadn't been sighted before. I love it, but I hate it. Go screaming at you. Like, that's a staring and, like, it's screaming. Oh, God, it just sounds so horrible. Like, that's what I fear if I see a ghost. That's why I'm scared of ghosts. A memory ghost, sure, welcome. I am scared of one that's going to look directly in my eyes and then scream some terrifying, high-pitched... Stare at you, smile at you, and then begin screaming from the corner of the room. Ooh. (laughs) You know they're in that corner. And then they're going to sink in the floor and run at me. (laughs) Yes! Yes! Um, And then grab your ankles. ah! I'll jump them. I'll jump them. Uh, the medium okay. the medium asked her questions and was told her name was Penelope. Penelope described how two men had sexually abused her and then murdered her. She expressed that uh. she couldn't understand how this could happen to her if there was a God. 
Apparently, other spirits have actively attempted to help her move on, but she does not trust them and remains distressed and confused in the basement. Ooh. Aww, bless it, Penelope. Finally, a spirit who said her name was Anna spoke of a surrogate daughter who was murdered in the basement of the Grand Hotel. Is it Penelope? In historical records, the investigators found that Anna Croston was the wife of James Croston, who built the Grand Hotel in 1903. The H&H is allegedly haunted, too, but that is a story for another day. So that's another old-timey bar. Ooh, I love that one. I love a good old-timey haunting. I mean, if you come here, we can go check out the rolling log. Maybe we can ask them if we can go in the basement. Um, I did find find another little article when I was um, looking at that about the rolling log. Let me just consult my notes. (laughs) There are like 25 pages of paper right there. So I did a little bit more, you know, digging just to see if there's anything else out there. And I did find um, from the Seattle Weekly by the Surly Gourmand, a little um, review he he did of the, the rolling log a few years back. That name. And he says that the rolling log has a scary secret. It's haunted. A building this old with an illegal, illegal past, no doubt, has shitloads of ghosts. I think he's referring to the speakeasy. One employee was skeptical. I've been here 35 years and I've never seen the ghost. And waitress Julie, too, is a non-believer. I have not seen the ghost, she says, but a lot of people have. I know someone died in the bathroom, but that was five years ago. The ghosts were before him. (laughs) There are three of them. That was not that long ago. Who's dying in the bathroom? No. Because this was from 2011, so I don't... Uh, Lady! And actually, Julie, there are four, is what the author says. <laughs> I got in touch with former bartender Carlos Cejudo, who worked at the Rolling Log from 2006 to 2010. Carlos saw plenty of paranormal activity during his tenure. I have opened and closed that place way too many times. About 3.15 to 3.20 a.m. <gasps> That's our time. Hour, Holy shit. Is when things start getting iffy. He said by iffy, Carlo means haunted like Michael Jackson's childhood. <laughs> oh. <laughs> On these. <laughs> author is the greatest. On these late nights, <laughs> on these late nights, he's seen four different spirits. There's a cowboy near table number two, the table on the right <gasps> hand side of the door, and an all in black guy. And there's a little girl. She's all over the bar, a prankster. These three are harmless apparition, uh, apparitions, but the fourth ghost is pure evil. Carlos didn't see this ghost, but felt its evil presence. He, the ghost, was like, I got this bad energy around 4 a.m. Like, it's time to go. He messes with people, dropping boxes, making noises. I thought at first that it was the people that live upstairs, but the noise was coming from the bar. (gasps) And that's the story of the rolling log. So good. I love it. Yeah. Ooh, I want to go. I love a good dive bar. And there's several other oh, good stories. Oh, I miss going to bars. Um, It's going to be so good. 
Do I miss going to bars? <laughs> Well, you know what the rolling log is like. That's true. Or any bar in general. I don't know. But great story. Amazing. Good research. So much research you had to do for those. I didn't have to do any research. I just made it look way harder than it needed to be. (laughs) Really, I just printed, didn't staple, shuffled papers together. uh, I did important things. Yeah, look at all the research I did. You can hear all the research I did. Your Bigfoot coming out of left field with a Bigfoot. I love Uh, it. I wanted to do that. Love it, love it. I'm so happy you you did because we're famous. Like there's Bigfoot stickers all over cars around here and stuff. I mean, it is. Yes. Almost 700. I mean, by now, since I've researched a few days ago, there has to be over 700 sightings now (laughs) just in Washington. I mean, there's a shit ton of wild here and it is like some gnarly terrain. I mean, it's definitely very possible that there's creatures. You live in a cool place, Alyssa. I'll just say Thank you. I, 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 made it myself i appreciate no i didn't make it myself i i really do love it too it's pretty so um and you know what issaquah holds a lot more like cool little stories and i will probably be sprinkling them in throughout the episodes too because there's some Please good do. little nuggets so i thank everyone who submitted today that's great speaking of stories uh-huh. if you want to send in your story you can email us Yes. At at gmail.com. Or if you prefer to verbally dictate your story, Britt has the number. Yes, we have a phone number, 302-689-DEAD. That's 302-689-3323. We are looking for two more stories on our... Uh, voicemail yes, there, our skeletal's voicemail. So n- we're not going to answer the phone. Don't worry. Nope. You don't have to talk to an actual person in sweat. Not a chance. It'll be voicemail where you tell your story, but we are looking for two more. Come on. You know you have one. You could also um, DM us on the medias. We've got an Instagram. Oh, we're on the socials. Yes. Skeletales podcast on Instagram. We're Skeletales pod at Twitter. Challenge us. How about that? Challenge us to some sort of TikTok. Challenge us to a video. Something you want to see us do. We'll do it. I'll make a fool out of myself. (laughs) I don't mind. We do all the time. Yep. Welcome to Skeletals. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're also on Facebook, Skeletals Podcast, but the true gem on Facebook is over at Skeletals Community, where we all just shoot the shit and have fun and have good times. So go over there. Spooky stories, memes, all all of it, all of it. Hey, Brett. Hey, Brett. Yeah. Yeah, what? I'll haunt you later. Haunt y'all later. Good night. Good night.